Welcome to the latest episode of Tea with Steve. This is a true heart brand episode. I'm going to introduce you to Jack. He was brought to my attention on Instagram. He built his brand through Instagram. He's now the global brand manager for Boda Skins. And guys, if you've ever had bloke envy, this is the guy to be envious of. Welcome to the Tea with Steve podcast with me, your host, Stephen Thompson. This is the show dedicated to helping you find your heart brand, your purposeful and profitable personal brand. I believe that everyone has a heart brand. It's their authentic self to drive growth in themselves and those around them, which has a positive impact in our world. We are in a who era. The who is being unapologetically you, and that is your heart brand. So join me in impacting one billion lives. Now let's get into the show. Hey everyone, how you doing? Stephen here from Tea with Steve, and welcome to the next episode of um, Tea with Steve. And I have with me um, someone I've been stalking on social media now for about a year or so, and it is Jack Dyson. I was first introduced to him um, by a friend of mine, Phil Tarlin, who you'll also be hearing um, on the podcast in the coming weeks. Um, but I'm not going to do any of the introductions other than just throw it straight over to Jack because um, the man inspired me. So, Jack, it's over to you. Tell people who you are, where they can find you and what you do. Hello, TWST. How are you? Um, that's some introduction. So thank you for that. The, uh, the stalking thing threw me a little bit. If I'm honest, <laughs> threw, threw me a little bit. I was like, is he going to say that actually on the podcast? But I like that you did. So Absolutely. yeah, a quick a quick intro to me. So as Steve said, my name is Jack Dyson. Um, I'm a late 20 year old living in the north of England. Um, currently uh, sat in my apartment with uh, an espresso in the middle of Manchester. Um, I am a brand marketing manager currently working for a brand called Boulder Skins. And yeah, that is me. I've been working in the industry for best part of uh, 10 years. And yeah, anything sort of social, digital, creative is kind of is kind of my bag. So that is me. Cool. Jack, uh, let's pick up on the, on the stalking straight away, because as I say, I was introduced to you by a friend of mine, Phil Tarlin, who I don't know if you know Phil or if, you, if you've um, I know you've you've connected on social because yeah. I've seen you follow each other. Um, I right, first right. He is a fantastic guy. And he mm. said to me, you really should check out this guy. You'd love his style. And I was like, oh. and then I think I messaged you saying, how do you do this? How do you do that? Love I love what you're wearing. I'm like, and then as a result of it, you know, because you were at Goodwin Smith then, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, isn't it funny with social media how it gets all this bad press, doesn't it? About yep. all these sort of these negative stories and, and, you know, everything that goes with that. But I think it's such a, um, you know, and when we talk about social media, I guess now we kind of generalize that, but it's really Instagram, isn't it, that we talk about most of the time. Yeah. And the great thing with, with it is that you can connect with so many like-minded people that you would never, ever have the opportunity to even speak with, let alone look at their content. And, um, you know, the, the story that you just told there briefly about how you came about sort of knowing who I was, isn't that just a beautiful thing? Like, it's... Mm. it's that's what social media is about. It's, it's about communicating with people, isn't it? To it is. It, people say to me all the time, you know, they come to us as an agency or they come to me as a consultant and say, you know, I want you to run my social media. I say, okay, we have a conversation. Yeah, can yeah. you just put some posts on my Facebook? And I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. And, and they don't understand that the clue to social media is in the title. It's being social. Yeah. I think people are scared of it, though. I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem. I think it because it's, you know, and let's be honest here, it's still a new a new t- form of media for, for, for everybody you know we've been doing it for however long now but it's it's still new and um i think that 
on a commercial level, it's even scarier because as soon as you put um, a, a business in front of it, people think, well, this has to be a certain way. It has to be clean and cut. It has to be, you know, um, stand for all our values. It has to be well edited or whatever it is. And then basically what happens is they just get put off that much that they don't do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard work, isn't it? And what yeah. people people think it's just post a few posts on Facebook, put a few tweets out, um, you know, look pretty on Instagram and the customers will come. And it's like, really, have you not thought about how you're going to talk to these people? And they don't. I, I find every day we're talking to small businesses, medium sized businesses, worldwide brands. And it's like, so we need to look at your engagement strategy. And they go, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we, we need to talk to people. And it's that, you know, it's. It's not a paper. It's not a radio, and it's it frustrates me that they don't want to talk to their customers. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, it is a community. Uh, this is the thing, though. Like, because I remember um, back in the day when I worked on sort of the agency side of the fence rather than brand, and the conversations that I always had with all our clients were that do not treat social media as a means of just selling your service to people, because as soon as you start doing that it will not work, you will lose and people will be turned off. Like people aren't on social media to be sold to. Like you, you will be naturally and you'll be sold to by people that are very good at it. But it's people are there for entertainment. They're there to communicate. They're there to talk about what they're doing at the weekend. They're there to discuss, you know, their, their views on, you know, whatever it is that they're interested in. They don't want to be following a company or following an individual that is, you know, constantly bombarding them with hardcore sales messages and i think with a lot of businesses particularly in the early days of social that is what was happening and it was very much a one-way conversation it was just them saying things just because they were using it as they were using it as an advertising platform yeah, like, advertising like, yeah and it's and it's not that and you know the funny thing is is the greatest thing about social media is that it is a two-way sort of road it's not just me telling you something and hoping you'll listen and, and purchase it's I can talk to you about something, not sell, talk, and then you can actually say something back to me. Uh, yeah, uh, would you, should we just finish it there? <laughs> yeah, that's it. End the podcast, brilliant. <laughs> but it is, it is true. Like, I think it's over the over the years things have developed, and I think people have, you know, learnt that this, you know, that it is a, a two way street, and it is a, you know something that needs to be encouraged is engagement, particularly with all the algorithm changes and, you know, that the the, uh, the social networks themselves are encouraging that, which I think has made, you know, people like me and you that work, you know, do it for a living, stand up and think, right, okay, we better actually really encourage this for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because it's an evolving thing constantly. We are, you know, as people, we're, we're always trying to learn how do we, how do we do social media well? And there isn't like a one size fits all for everybody. You know, whether you're a social influencer, whether you're a business, whether you're a small business, whether you're a large business, you know, what works for one person will never work for the other person in exactly the, the same way. It's totally different. So the, the question then is, Jack, how have you done it? Because your Instagram looks beautiful. It tells a story. Um, I, I, I see your, I literally, I think out of maybe three people, I mean, I, you know, I've not got many followers on this. I think I've got just short of 5,000. Um, yeah. And I, out of all the people that follow me and I follow, I probably look at three or four people's stories on a regular basis. You being yeah. one, one of my clients being another. But well, I've got somebody's listening and watching. <laughs> I'm definitely there. And, um, and then there's, yeah, I, I, people need to grab my attention. Yeah. Um, and you story tell through your stories every single day. You're yeah. very, you show a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, and your grid is beautifully crafted. 
So share with us what you've done and why and what was the thought behind it? Because really, there's a lot of people out there who are on Instagram building this huge profile. It's full of fake followers and this, that and the other. Yours, yeah. his, and from what I've seen, and, you know, I, I'm an ex-policeman, so I've, I've done my homework. Wow. Uh, I, I've, I've literally stalked you with an inch of your life. Love and it. It, it's authentic. Yeah. So, and that is what Tea is about, is helping people to be authentic and build a personal brand. Yeah, I think there's two things with it. Um, one, one is that it takes time. So, you know, particularly with, with um, any, any sort of uh, social strategy. And I don't really have a personal branded social strategy at all, but it's not something that, you know, five years ago, I sort of set out and said to myself, right, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and create this type of content and, you know, try and leverage for this and that and the other. It, it, it kind of happened organically, which is typically always the most successful because what I always find when there's no motive, there's no there's no expectation and when there's no expectation there's no pressure so you kind of just do what you what you want to do and what you think is best for you yeah um and i think that with with mine i i remember i joined instagram i never forget i was i was actually working for a a greeting card agency in a town called clitheroe it's my local local i i I know clitheroe well there you go everybody does (laughs) (laughs) um but I was basically that's where I'm from um and yeah I was working for this agency and how old was I I must have been 17 I think I was uh and my boss at the time came in and was like Jack have you seen this new this new thing that's come out this like picture sharing thing uh and I was like no I haven't what is it so he, he got I think he got his phone out and showed me the app um Instagram at the time and I was like oh that's pretty cool like interesting kind of absorbed it took it in and didn't really think anything else of it and then a few days passed, I thought, oh, I'll download it and have a look. And, you know, I remember with Instagram at the time, it was very, very simplistic in its form. It was a case of yeah. take a picture on your phone. And then you had like, I don't know, maybe seven different sort of pre-made filters that you could run over or something. And um, then like sort of use your hashtags to, for, to get likes and stuff and all that sort of thing. Captions weren't really a thing back then. And I remember sitting there thinking, I really like the idea of just sharing moments in time yeah on sort of on on your your, with your following with your friends that is quite raw because it's net that had never really been done before it was very like everything was curated even on facebook i remember you know 10 years ago it was still you know take loads of pictures create an album or like you know um all the other old school sort of myspace it was all curated whereas instagram was very instant at the time it was very different and sort of teaming that with the fact that me as an individual is very I'm very visual I'm very sort of all about what something looks like so photography has always been something that I've been hugely into and very passionate about so I think I just naturally fell into doing stuff on there and the first picture I ever took I was sat in the office at the time and I was on my own and I was whatever whatever I was working on and there was just a picture of a coffee cup um just sat there and I thought I'll take a picture of that and um, it was literally an empty cup of coffee. And I think it was just something like, I think I just captioned it something like, need a refill or something. And um, from from there, I mean, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, I'm still taking pictures of coffee cups. Yeah. Nothing's really changed. It's just a little bit fancier. Cool. So what what has been your, your driver for building your Instagram? What has been the driver? Well, I... I love communication as a person. Yeah. I'm, I, I love talking to people. I love meeting people. 
you know, I was going to say the word network then, but I hate the word network and network. <laughs> really, it has such a, I don't know why, I think it's just like a negative connotation within me, but communicating is, is huge, you know, and I think it's, um, it's something that I've been sort of brought up with. My granddad was a fantastic, commu- or is a fantastic communicator, should I say. Um, and I learned from him and just, you know, the power of it is, is invaluable and, you know, it can open up so many doors. So I think that with social media, I very quickly sort of learn and it became apparent to me that this is an amazing platform to to communicate with people and to talk to people and, you know, learn from people and understand how people work. And so the, the sort of motive behind me using it more than most people, I would say, is just to talk to people. It's just to to stay in touch with friends and family and, you know, business colleagues and brands. And that's kind of where I've I think that's the probably the root of why I started using it is just to communicate with people. Okay. And how's that going for you? It's going okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had um, it, Instagram particularly. I mean, I use. I, I remember I used to use uh, Twitter very aggressively when when it was sort of even more popular than it is now. I don't use it as much anymore. Just I kind of I've, I've kind of fallen out of love with Twitter a little bit because I think because it is very wordy and very conversational. Whereas I, I do like to share content that is visual. But it's, you know, I've met some incredible people, you know, over the last 10 years through the through social media, whether it be through, you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, both, you know, personally and professionally. I've developed some of my probably, you know, strongest relationships through through social media, which, you know, is is quite when you actually when you're talking about it now so openly, you think how, how strange is that as a concept that you've met most of the people that you really hold dear to you through a social media network but it's just the way of the world now isn't it it's almost like second nature to us but i think i embraced that con that concept very very early on which is why i think i've been able to really use it as a as a really sort of beneficial sort of tool to me and sort of personally developing my life it's funny you should say that because when i talk to people um and they ask the story if i do a keynote or something like that they say oh you know how did you build your business i say i built it all on twitter yeah what yeah yeah literally i i i was working in radio at the time i needed a way to bring in radio clients i used twitter to connect with people i then connected with the decision makers um and the senior management on linkedin told them about the great conversations having on their twitter built up some rapport and then i was invited in for a coffee yeah it's uh, that's a really great example of using social media as you know across the board as a strategy So, you know, and this is another thing that people fail to realize, and this is more sort of, I think, on a commercial level that, you know, what you do on one social network isn't the same as what you should do for another one. No. Because I think that's another thing that businesses, I think, really struggle to get their heads around is that, well, okay, if we just create this piece of content or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a video or, I don't know, just a a, a document or something or, or something like that. They'll share it on, for example, LinkedIn, and they think that's great. And then they'll go then and I don't know, share it on Instagram. And it's just like that isn't that won't work. You know, you no. need to come. Every social <laughs> platform needs its own strategy. Yeah, it's, you've got to be relevant to the platform. Yeah, and you've also got to realize as well what platforms work for you because yeah. not all platforms will benefit you and your business. And you can, you know, if you're not careful, if you try and be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to anyone. Mm. Because there's, you know, there's certain businesses that, you know, a really great example of this was when I was with Goodwin Smith, who I was with for, you know, a little over five years, we we grew on uh, on Twitter. You know, we built our, the, we built the brand 
on Twitter. And at the time, Twitter was buoyant and it was, you know, it was doing very well for, for many people. But as a, a men's footwear brand, I, I couldn't name you one that was kind of that was winning on Twitter at the time. Mm-hmm. And what we learned very quickly was that we were able to create um, a really loyal, engaged fan base within that world that nobody else could because the type of customer that we were trying to attract in the footwear industry was on Twitter. Now, all our competitors, I think, were that sort of broad in who they wanted to target. They didn't know who they wanted to speak to, but we knew that the type of person that would buy into our products, just, you know, just through trial and error, was you know the kind of traditional the, the football fan the, fo- the, the, the you know the the guy that's married with two kids that he loves his sport he loves to follow his, the sports stars on Twitter because it's that's how he can communicate with his idols so let's go and communicate on there as Goodwin Smith and let's jump into that conversation yeah and that was that's a really good example of smashing a platform because you know it works for you and we went all in with it i mean this was before even instagram was a thing so we kind of spent you know maybe 80 percent of our sort of marketing strategy and time on that platform other other brands weren't doing that and other brands may not have uh, succeeded like we did um at the time but it worked for us and it's, it's it's knowing what will work and what won't okay so how did you make goodwin smith work is it was it simply going on twitter and having conversations or did you have a strategy and a plan behind it how did we make goodwin smith work it was we were very very true to um, our brand guidelines so when we firstly we had and you know we had a fantastic product which the whole team you know backed and that was a you know that, that for any brand any business that's selling you know a product you're only as strong as your product so we were lucky in the sense that we could really say that this was a really fantastic product to sell to people. Then what we did is we we kind of then looked and thought, right, so who is this product for? Now, obviously, it was men's footwear, so you're halfway there already. Yep. But then we, we delved deeper into what kind of guy would wear this product? Why would he, what would turn him on? What would res- resonate with him? What When is he wearing this product? What kind of occasions? And all these questions, you know, we, and we spent, this was a thing that went on for weeks and months, you know, learning. It's not a case of having like a, a half a day brainstorm and, and yeah. you know, <laughs> like many people think it is. And then yes. you, you get every single answer for the next 10 years. Like this is some, again, organically, it's a conversation that we had, you know, we kind of, you know, lived and breathed it for, you know, every minute of every day that we were in the studio and you kind of learn very quickly I think what works and what doesn't as a brand you know you've got to try things it's like anything you, you don't know what works until you try it and with Goodwin Smith we learned very quickly that it was Twitter that was working for us that's what resonate re- resonated with our customers it was also an amazing way for us another um, interesting point for you Social influencing on Twitter was also very underrated at the time. Okay. And it was yeah. very, un, very untapped. And it was, you know, remember, this is before the days of Instagram and, you know, all these Insta famous bloggers and everybody. This was just literally people on Twitter that were actually famous for actually having a talent, you know, rather than just, you know, looking pretty. These were kind yeah. of sports <laughs> stars. These were actors. These were musicians. And I remember we got our blue tick on Twitter. Uh, maybe 18 months into into using the platform which was a huge thing at the time and what that did is it opened up 
the world of sort of verified accounts to us as a brand and then that meant we could then start tapping into the, the conversations with the with the big names you know we started doing our gifting program and getting people on side and then they started sharing the messages and and we had an amazing run with it you know as a, as a small brand you know we were literally at the time maybe two years old and we had the like you know huge sports names wearing it i'm talking like lennox lewis we were tapping into and having conversations with him which was you know a pinch pinch yourself moment people like alan yeah. shearer andy cole all these sort of like legends within their sports are kind yeah. of buying into it and it's like that's when when it kind of hits us that wow this is actually we're, we're on to something here then what happened then what happened so we kind of ran with it we embraced it we we kind of you know gifted as many people as we could we tapped into and again it's, it's this this whole thing of communication it's yeah. talking to these people it's getting people on side it's making them feel part of it it's not a case of using them as a marketing tool our strategy was always become part of our family become part of our culture and we'll look after you as long as you look after us you know we never pressured these people into sort of promoting us or you know we, there was never any contracts drawn up it was very much you know i, I called it a gentleman's agreement at the time it was just yeah. a case of we look after you you look after us and it works really well and you know our audience grew and grew and grew because of the reach that they had and we grew we grew that side very healthy in a health, very healthy way and then instagram came along and fucked everything up <laughs> because, <laughs> because obviously then you know we had to essentially start all over again yeah on a, another strategy and that's kind of where the conversation that me and you just had about you know knowing where to go and trying yeah. it because instagram for us at the beginning wasn't i remember it wasn't we didn't go all in with it it wasn't a case of you know oh instagram's here now we need to go you know all in with that and and sort of you know change twitter or whatever it was very much right instagram's a thing we need to try it let's see what happens but you know it took a good 12 months 18 months for that to take off and okay. The, the sort of I guess the, the the lesson there is you've got to persevere with something you've got to give something time you can't just try it for and and this is a this is a sort of a lesson in life isn't it not just about sort of Instagram or um, social media but if you believe in something and you and you back something you, you've got to give it time you, you you know you can't just expect results immediately because it doesn't happen does it it's no. you know doing something for a month yeah you've got data to look at but is that data uh, qualified enough for you to make a decision for the next 12 months probably isn't whereas you just you've just got to back something and persevere with it for you know whatever it is whether it's 6 12 18 months and then review it it's a bit like health and fitness isn't it you know you're never going to get fit by or you know you know you've got to get the body of your dreams by drinking half a dozen protein shakes and then on a treadmill and throwing some weights around for a week yeah i wish it i wish it was i'm still working on that <laughs> i thought that's how you did it are you telling me something different absolutely my friend i i've lived that life been through the bodybuilding world been on stage it's hell yeah <laughs> it is not ideal it's not ideal but you but you are right it's, it's a really great example of 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 uh the point i was making is that you know rome wasn't built in a day no it, it you know everything takes time everything takes hard work it takes trial and error there's no one sort of one quick fix to success you, you you're going to get things wrong you're going to you're going to say things wrong you're going to be talking to the wrong people you're going to get to a lot of dead ends as well this is the other thing there's times where you can spend you know trying to nurture and, and you you'll, you'll sort of vouch for this on your side with the agency nurturing you know a potential client and you know educating them and helping them and thinking that this is going to go somewhere where we can you know work together long term and then it hits you that they've gone with somebody else 
or it hits you that they've actually not got a budget or you know and 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 that feeling that you get of kind of like what a fucking waste of time that was it's it's kind of like you kind of just got to take it as a learning learning tool and just think well you've helped somebody you've learned from it take the positives out of it and move on and you've kind of got to do that with with a marketing strategy as well you can't you know nothing's a bad idea unless you do it twice do you know what? It's really interesting you say that because I was having a conversation and with one of my team the other day. We put a proposal in before Christmas. I see this company, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but the company contacted us directly. Yeah. Um, said, you know, we've seen your work. Um, I was working at another um, sort of worldwide brand um, a year ago. I've been brought into this company. I'm actually going back to the, the previous company because they've asked me back more money and this, that and the other. But yeah. I've, I've been watching your work and for x amount of years now and we'd love to have you in and would you mind pitching for us and i said well, do you know what I, i'd actually quite enjoy this yeah. product and, and what have you so i went in and then they introduced me to the um new marketing manager and we just didn't click the first the, originally the, the, the one who brought me in i was like yeah, we could do so much so many great things and yeah. it was and literally the the deal was signed uh-huh. verbally and then they said, um, actually, we've brought in the new marketing manager, which I was aware of. They were coming. Yeah. Um, would you mind coming have a conversation? We didn't click. And then we didn't get the gig. And I asked for some feedback. And they said it was, um, and you know, I'm quite happy to share this feedback because I think it's absolute BS. Was it because you had a better beard than them? No. No. no, no. <laughs> we got told it was because our video content wasn't up to scratch. And I was okay. like, wow, okay. That, do you know what? I'm really, I'm really interested on the feedback. Yeah. Could you, could you please, out of the video, because at the video examples that I sent you, could you please identify which ones, you know, you're, you're referring to? Because I gave, a, I gave a selection to show progress over a five-year period. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. where we were. This is where we are now. I sent them 32 videos. Wow. And, um, and they never came back to me. And I looked at it. I was like, do you know what? No, that it, I, that's not right. It, it isn't, you know, my gut says it's not right. And then I look at their social last week and I was like, oh my God, who have they got in? It's dreadful. Yeah. And, and it's, and my gut is telling me they've decided to keep it in house and save money. And the new marketing manager is doing it. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm really disappointed in the fact that their social has gone backwards because their brand yeah. and their brand name and what they're involved in is amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's when you, you know, you said about persevering and trying things and this and the other, um, I the challenge I'm finding at the moment is because people think they can do social media themselves or they can post a picture on Facebook or Instagram that yeah. they see it as an expense rather than an investment. Yes. And I'm yeah. interested to see how, because I, 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 the moment I'm seeing, I see, you know, I follow Goodwin Smith, you know, I bought products from them and I'm seeing their adverts popping up and the, nothing has changed in the quality yeah. from what I'm seeing since you left. So I'm interested to see what you, there's a long story this is, <laughs> to what you embedded in there to leave that going, part of your legacy, how you've embedded that in there and moved on. I think the, the thing with Goodwin Smith, what we what we did is, or what we, what we looked to really try and do is create a culture within the working environment. Brilliant. It, that's the biggest thing. You know, it's getting every single person that is working for that brand, understanding one, what the mission statement is, two, what we're trying to achieve, three, how we're trying to do it, four, how we're going to do it. All these things need to be embedded into every single person. And whether that be, you know, the marketing manager, whether that be um, somebody that works in customer service, whether that be somebody that works in the warehouse, packing orders, every single person within that team needs to live and breathe that product and that brand which is really hard to to do 
But I think that that it just comes again down to communicating. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the answers that I give to many questions is communication solves everything. It really does. And one thing that we did with when we were when I was at Goodwin Smith was just try and communicate as much as possible every idea, every feeling, every emotion that we had. You know, you've got to buy into it yourself. It's can't. You know, for me, I can't. Um, work for something or buy into something if I don't care about it you have to I have to really give a shit you know I would never do something half-heartedly so for me everywhere I go I know that that move I'm going to live and breathe it you know until the day I'm not there so that's one of the biggest things I would say that we we instilled there was just everybody buying into the concepts to into the brand and by doing that like you just said this sort of the legacy if you will does mm-hmm. continue yeah. And, you know, there's there's kind of like, um, and, and by the way, this isn't just a w- one person speaking. I was, you know, working with a fantastic team as well there. That's another yeah. thing I have to acknowledge. Amazing, you know, amazingly talented people that work, you know, have worked in their industries and their niches for, for years. And, you know, being surrounded by, by good people makes you, makes your life a lot easier, a, a yeah. lot, lot easier. You know, I was blessed that, you know, our customer service team were incredible. And that's one thing that, we try, you know, with as Goodwin Smith, we try and instill that in them hugely because, again, communication is everything. It's a service that you're offering. And we made sure that every single one of the, the, the team in the customer service team knew how to speak. They understood the tone of voice. They knew how to make customers feel special. And that's how you create a loyal following. That's how you create a loyal customer base. It's giving a shit about people because with a lot of brands, what they fail to realize is that it's not just about selling a product to them you know getting that money in and then moving on to the next one it's actually developing relationships with customers and that's how you build a brand you know selling products actually quite easy but building a brand is something very different so with that in mind then you're now at boda skins yes How, how did that happen how did that happen i i met i had a contact which i actually um found through instagram and became very good friends with them yeah um again through communicating and it we were it was one evening actually we were in a uh, in, in a pub in Manchester having a catch up and she basically just made reference to Boda Skins and the fact that she knew somebody there she knew the CEO and yeah. uh, I was like oh my god Boda Skins that's so cool chat 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 and uh, I wear the products blah 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 and she was like oh really I said yeah massively she was like well you two should definitely meet like you know He's, he's great and I'm sure he'll be up for having a conversation with you and, you know, just, you know, to learn from each other and, and whatnot. And and that's kind of where it grew. And then we kind of, you know, we spoke and spoke about what we've been up to, you know, both as individuals within our industries. And, you know, as as most most things do, when you kind of click with somebody, you become, you know, very aware that there could be something in it, you know, as a, as a team. And... Yeah, it kind of went from there, and then I had a couple, couple more meetings with, um, with some more members of, of, of the Boulder Skins team, and it became very apparent that I felt that I could offer something to them, and that they, that they had something there for me. So it was kind of like a, a perfect match, really. You know, it was, it, it kind of was a very natural progression for me. Um, and now I've been there for what is it, four months? So still very early days. Um, but, you know, having an incredible experience and, you know, working towards, you know, building the brand even more so than it already is, you know, globally, it's, you know, very, very credible within its within its space. And, you know, I'm excited to, to be joining a team that um, has a very similar vision to me, if that makes sense. Cool. So what's the vision? We're going to dominate the world. That's what we're going Love to do. 
<laughs> we, um, to be honest, we have, I, you know, I'm joining a, a brand that already has incredible core beliefs. It has an incredible team. It has incredible product. I am merely slotting in there within my position and bringing to the table my skill set and my attitude and my energy and looking to build it. That it's that simple. And we're looking to, you know, to, to take on new markets overseas and, you know, and grow our sort of um, maybe European markets, our markets in Asia. And, um, you know, like any brand, we just want to grow and grow and grow and de- deliver the best products possible to our customers. And like I said, Bowler Skins are, are amazing at doing that. Really, really, really give a shit about their products. So it's, it's exciting. So where do you... I mean, I'm interested in Boda Skins um, and from a, I suppose from a, a business perspective. So yeah. I, I'm aware that I believe either CEO or someone in senior management has been trained by the my, by my business coach. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it's all fitting in, um, where the purpose is, what aligns. So, so what is the purpose of Boda Skins other than to sell merchandise? They do great. Yeah great product but what is the purpose behind Boda Skins and how does that align with your personal brand? One of the biggest things with with Boda Skins is it's all about quality and about sustainability so one thing that we're really focusing on very heavily in 2020 and we have been doing in you know over the last few years is you know slow fashion sustainability quality investment it's not a, it's not okay you know there's a lot of fast fashion out there uh, there's a lot of uh, brands that are selling things very cheap and very disposable products. It's not good for anybody. It's you know it's not good for the environment. They're not the best quality products. And the thing for for us is we want our products to be the the best in the world. We want them to be the you know we want somebody to wear Boda skins for for a lifetime and and you know everything that they wear they'd be proud to wear and that they wear over over years and years and years. And what we're looking to do in 2020 and beyond is really translate those values as much as possible and make people feel part of the Boda Skins family. You know, they're not just buying a jacket from us. They're actually buying into what we believe in as um, as a brand. Yeah. And I think that for me personally, with Boda Skins, it's a very natural fit because I, like I said before, I knew of Boda Skins before I, I joined them and I was a customer. You know, I, I loved the brand. I followed them for years and... Um, I think that you have to, in order to succeed at anything, in order to win in anything that you kind of do, you have to really care. You have to really yeah. give a shit. And for me, working there, it's kind of like, the only way I can describe it is, do you know, like with a football club, when you've got kind of like a kid that comes through the academy and, you know, they're a local a local homegrown talent and then they make the debut and they're playing for like the hometown team. Yeah. And they kind of they just really give a shit about that club more than just because it's a job. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about Bowderskins. That's kind of you know I feel like I was a customer, still I'm a customer, and like this is like the dream gig for me. It's an, it's an amazing opportunity, and I'm super excited to be there. So that's kind of why it was it was a good move for me. It was yes. right at the right time. It sounds it. So how yeah. do you, so going forward then looking at your your you as a you as a personal brand, I know you say you've, you've got no s- specific strategy that's driving your personal brand, yeah. but but it's clear that it has a look and a feel and a, and a level of sincerity. Yeah. So how are you from, you know, you, you mentioned um, quality and sustainability, and I like the term slow fashion Yeah. because, you know, 
I, I, I'm a nightmare for buying clothes. I love shopping. I think I'm just addicted, to be honest. You know, I, I got told off. I've got 42 pairs of shoes. Love it. Um, but it's but it's it, for me. It's it's what I like. It's it's not for much what's in fashion. It's what, I mean, I was out the other day, and I was like, Do you know what? I remember seeing a pair of black feeler high tops. Where did I see them? I really want them. Yeah. Not because they're not because they're fashionable and cool. Because I still think feeler isn't. But, yeah. Um, you know, I've got, I bought the, where was it before Christmas? I, I bought a champion hoodie and I was like, cause that's from my era. So, yeah. so how does, how does the, the life of Boda skins fit with the personal brand of Jack Dyson and the Instagram look and how, where's it going? I think, well, f- for me, the biggest thing that I'm very keen to do with, with my sort of uh, network, if you or my social media platforms mm-hmm. uh, moving forward and something that I'm looking to do you know, very immediately, is I kind of help other people and inspire other people. So I've kind of, you know, I'm, I can, you know, hand on heart say sat here that I'm so happy, you know, with where I am in life. And, you know, my KPI of success is happiness. It's not money. It's, it's nothing. It's not status. It's just happiness. And I'm in a really good place. And, you know, obviously I have ambitions to grow and develop and I'm, I'm by no means a finished article, but for me, I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that do struggle with, you know, whether it's self-confidence or whether it's direction of where they want to go in life and, you know, whether they're just going through a bad a bad time, a bad place. And I really enjoy sharing my content as a way of, you know, inspiring other people, I guess, and to make, you know, if, if one person watches one of my stories in the day and they laugh to themselves and think, you know, he's an idiot, but that's actually quite funny. For me, that's my job done in terms of what I want to get out of it. It's not, um, I don't use my, my social media as a, as a way really of, of gloating or showing off or it might be aspirational, but it's, it's more, I want to use it as a tool to, to inspire people and to, to kind of make people laugh really more than anything. So that's one of my biggest focuses on, you know, moving forward with my, my social media, what I want to, to do with it. Now, obviously there's a layer, you know, layered over that is this sort of, this cool, aesthetically pleasing, you know, well-curated grid and story content. But to be honest, that isn't done for any other reason other than the fact that I just love the process of creating content myself. There's there's nothing I love more than going out and doing a bit of a shoot somewhere and, you know, then going back and doing an edit and then, you know, creating some sort of um, copy to go with it or whether it's a story, you know, if I'm out for dinner and, you know, something looks great, I think, you know what, that'd look really cool. I do it for me. I'm not really doing it because I need to or because I want other people to see it. I just really enjoy the process, to be honest. That's why I do it. I love that because you can. I'm look. I'm actually physically looking at your Instagram right now. Yeah. And and I'm like, yeah, it it's it so says that. Whereas you, you know, I can go on to Instagram. I can scroll through onto what's in the in my feed and i'll say yeah okay so that's done for someone else that's done for someone else that yeah because it's it's look at me look at me look at me where yours no disrespect is a little bit look at me but it's look at me i'm creating stuff i'm doing it's not look at me because i want you to look at me because i've got crap self-confidence yeah Um, it's look at me you know don't get me wrong i'm i'm not I, i don't want to post if i look absolutely terrible on a photograph if I can still make it look decent with like some sort of decent edit, I'll still put it out there. Like I'm not really, I'm, I genuinely don't really care what I necessarily look like on it, but I just want it to be a good piece of content. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. It's not, you know, I don't, this is the beautiful thing about my Instagram. I, 
I don't, I'm not using it for leverage for anything, to be honest. I'm just using it because I enjoy the platform. And I think because I enjoy the platform and I communicate on there, I think just naturally it grows. And I think, you know, if you look at most successful people on social, that is, that is what they are. They're just very true to themselves. They are unapolog, like, like you said at the, the start of our conversation, they're unapologetic for themselves. And I think that's yep. really important. They stand by exactly what they believe in. And don't get me wrong, when they're sort of doing campaigns for brands and, you know, there's a certain bit of, you know, I don't know, I, I look at some of them and think, oh, do you actually mean that? But, you know, generally speaking, they are true to themselves. And I think most people that will win in the long term are the people that are like that. Because I think there's a lot of people trying to tick boxes and there's a lot of people that are trying to be something they're not because actually they have no idea who they actually are in the first place, yeah. which is, you know, sad in itself. And that's maybe another conversation to have. But... I think, you know, look at any successful person in the world and the one thing that stands out is that they are just unapologetic with themselves, anybody. I totally agree. It's really funny you mentioned that because when I left the police, um, I was there for 10 years and I and I thought, oh, it's all right, I've got this lined up, that lined up. And then literally for three and a half years, I couldn't find myself. Yeah. And, go and, back it's, and nothing, just... it's the worst feeling in the world because particularly when you're, when you're self-aware enough to know that you need to have that, but you don't actually know who you are yet. You're almost like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Hundred percent, hundred percent. How did you? How did you get 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 through that? How did you find yourself? For me, um, and it's really funny because how the my business developed. So my business is called Big Daddy Digital. Um, yeah. Used to be called Big Daddy PR. The whole thing around it is Big Daddy, and that's like, and people think that I'm Big Daddy, and I built this persona for myself. It's like no, actually. Well, I thought that to be honest. Yep, yeah, and, 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 and you just shattered my dream. <laughs> i'm from manchester as well so for me the northwest and wrestling and everything it was the whole big daddy era yeah uh, no i'm joking do you know what the, the business is named after my stepfather okay um he died um where about 15 15 years ago now and he was my best friend he i know you know i i i I explained him as my stepdad because I had another dad previously who was amazing until I was yeah. eight and he died. So it was, I only used the word stepdad to differentiate, but he actually used yeah. my dad. It, it was it. just, and he brought me up um, from the age of eight years old and he died. And I, I managed to get to the hospital in time to hold his hand as he passed away. And I was working in radio after I'd left the police and I was leaving the radio station and um, literally uh, the way it's, uh, the way I've explained it now is an angel gave me the name, and I'm not trying to flower it up for anything for you know for no, good listenership. It. it was it. it was literally I was leaving the radio station, driving out the car park, and this it felt like a thud had gone, it had dropped into my back seat of the car, and I turned around and I looked and I was like, Big Daddy PR. Wow. And I just drove around the ring road, cancelled all my meetings and drove around the ring road for two hours trying to work out where this was, where this name came from and what it was. And then by the I remember walking up, you know, driving, sorry, up my road where I'm, I'm literally looking at the road now <laughs> where about half past six in the evening and I stopped, pulled into the side of the road. It was dark. And I was like, OK, so it's this and it's this and it's this. And I was already starting to build my personal brand to bring in sales for radio. Uh-huh. Um, people were asking me then to um you know, they say, well, we can see what you're doing. You've got a better profile than, than the radio presenters. Would you mind having a coffee with us? My yeah. idea was give them value. Um, and they wanted to know how I was using social. So I gave all away, gave all my information away for free in, yeah. in a bid to build some trust so that we would get them to a point where they could afford to come on radio and then be my customers. Yeah, of course. Uh, 
And then everyone's saying, you're wasted in radio. Why don't you set up by yourself? And then I got myself a business coach and it all came out like that. Um, Love it. So, so you kind of, you, I feel like you had maybe like an epiphany moment where kind of everything just came together within a very short space of time. Yeah. It, I started at the radio station. My daughter was due to be born I, um, within a week. They gave me the first week off. My daughter was then a <laughs> so my first actual shift she came she um i got the phone call at five o'clock after i finished my first my first day and then literally within eight months i'd gone solo and my business was born and then within 12 months i doubled my income and i was go i was rolling fantastic and and that's i think you know again it, it's perseverance mm. it's believing in yourself to know that Okay, maybe right now I don't really know where this is going, but I, I had no idea. I believe, I believe in myself enough to make it happen. I think I was really lucky because one guy who I'd made, I had contact with, um, he saw something in me, and he had belief in me when at a time when I actually didn't have any belief in myself. You know, because I I I'd, I'd left the police, I'd lost my marriage, I wasn't able to see my daughter, I'd yeah. gone job to job every three to six to nine months because i didn't know what to do um and my boss at the time maggie fantastic lady she had belief in me and she allowed me to to build my brand using social and then i had another guy said to me you know you can take this one step further at least so we looked at had that conversation and then with eight months i was i was gone and out and it yeah. was it was then when i started to when i was getting results that's when i started to believe in me again I think you just sometimes everyone just needs that, that boost. Everyone just needs that little bit of a nudge. Yeah. I think even the most successful people in the world, they, you know, I think they probably still need a little bit of something. You know, nobody, you know, 100% of the time backs themselves. I think everyone has those elements of self doubt sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's just who you surround yourself with and who you communicate with in that sort of 1% that you're a little bit unsure that kind of could sometimes make or break a decision. And I think you're allowed to have that because it, we're human. Yeah, that, that's Jesus exactly Christ. it. We're not robots. This is, you know, everyone has feelings. Everyone has emotions. It's it's not, um, you know, you're not supposed to be perfectly wired to, you know, even the most successful people around there, they all fuck up. They all, they all have feelings of, you know, that they probably feel they shouldn't have at the time or have moments of self-doubt or everybody does. Like if you, if you didn't, like you wouldn't be breathing because yeah. it's impossible not to. So with that in mind, what are your what are you, for, what are your takeaways for my audience? What 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 would you suggest? So if it is if it's Instagram or it's building a brand or personal brand or going after something I love, what what is your advice? If you, I think the first thing you need to do is is map out with with anything. So if, you know, let's call whatever it is that you're working on a, some sort of um, a project, if you will. So what do you want to get out of it? Is that is the question that I would always say to somebody. So. If you come to me with a question, say, Jack, I want to do this or I want to try and achieve this. What do you want to actually get out of it at the end of it? Is it a feeling of self-worth? Is it a monetary value? Is it developing a relationship with somebody? Once you've realized what that end goal is, you can then start mapping out a strategy as to how you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, but throughout it, I think the biggest thing is just staying true to yourself. So never second guess what you're thinking. You just, just, I think, feeling however you feel at the time going through that process doing what you think is right at the time and running with it and sort of being accountable for your actions as well so once you've done something don't sort of question it just run with it because yeah. i think being if you i said this on another podcast um actually with robin who you've actually spoken with yeah and 
I always say to people, it's always the right thing to do the right thing. I said yep. this on her podcast. Yeah. And what I've I mean listened, by I've that heard is, it. <laughs> yeah, you can't like, and it's simply put is that at that moment in time when you're mm. doing something or making a decision, just do what you think is the right thing for you. Yeah. Because if you do that, 99% of the time, it will probably be, it'll probably work out for the best because you can look back at that and think, well, do you know what? At that moment in time, I genuinely believe that that was the right thing to do. And then you live with no regret. And if you live with no regret, then you, I think you're in a good place. I, I love it. I really, yeah. really love it. So can I throw, can I, am I, do I have permission to throw a few low ballers in that I've not pr- primed you for? Let me, <laughs> let me brace myself. <laughs> then they're not that bad um so just a couple of questions before we round up really just to um get another insight into who jack dyson is yes what do you wish you'd known when you started out what do i wish i'd known when i started out do you mean like in terms of career or do you mean when i came out of the womb either one it's your it's your it's your your episode <laughs> i think let, we'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll because this will go off on a massive tangent otherwise we'll keep it we'll keep it business related okay one one thing that i wish i knew was that being yourself goes a long way yeah so don't conform is, is what i would say just just be yourself in in whatever situation you're in and you know i am when i when it comes to work i'm you know and anybody that you meet will know this i take my work very very seriously but I don't take myself seriously, if that makes sense. So when we're talking about business, we're talking about strategy and goals, I'm literally on it. But how I am and my approach to that is sometimes quite unorthodox. Um, And I wish I'd have probably embraced that more when I was younger, but I think over time you you become more comfortable with your ways and when you get results and you see positive things happening, you think, you know what, my way probably is the right way. So I would probably just say that that is what I wish I'd known at the beginning. What are you curious about right now? What am I curious about right now? <clears throat> I am right. I tell you what I'm curious about, and this is something that I've been thinking about over the last week, actually. And I okay. think it's because of, um, and it's social media related, because I think today's sort of conversations have been around that. Where is the next Instagram going to come from? Oh, that's that's what I'm curious about. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of the the, the surge and attention that TikTok is having over yeah. the last sort of six months. Now I'm I'm quite cynical of TikTok, and I'm kind of I'm I'm very happy to be proven wrong in the future when somebody comes you know brings this up and says, <laughs> you know, Jack, you said that in 2020 that it wasn't going to be a thing or whatever. Please come back to me and prove me wrong. But I'm I'm just so curious to see where that platform goes, how it develops, because it, for me at this moment in time, as much as it has this incredible audience, I'm I'm still trying to work out whether it is going to be able to compete with Instagram on a commercial level. Yeah, I think there's a lot of it's fun, it's great, but it's it that's all it is for me. It's just a bit a bit of silliness. It's a bit of I, I don't see there being any substance behind any of any of the content that's on there. Yeah. So I'm. That's why, excuse me, the, the conversation I'm having with myself right now is, okay, where, where, where's the next Instagram? Because Instagram's fantastic. It's got, you know, it's, it's great to sell. It's great to communicate. It's great to showcase, you know, skills and products and services. Where's the next one? And when and when is it going to come? That's what I'm curious about because there needs to be another one because it all comes in life cycles, you know, and yeah. Instagram have had a great run with it, but there will be something that comes along it, it probably the next 12 to 18 months that people think wow didn't see that coming 
Okay, so when that does happen, I'm gonna. I, I, I want you back on. <laughs> do it. But also, do it. Maybe do it when TikTok blows up, and I'm I'm now moving over to TikTok personally. And you're like, there he is doing his stupid shit on TikTok instead of Instagram. <laughs> do you know what? I'm on TikTok, um, and I've been having conversations with people. Um, I can't do anything. I, it's just not my. I, it's just not my bag to do stupid videos. I have to be in the moment. That's exactly my point. Is that have it's. To- it's, for me, it's blown up very much with the younger generation, but and it's because it's fun. It's because it's you know very different and it's very non-commercial. It's just it's just random and stupid. And that's why the young the youngsters are on there. But the reason why I'm questioning where it goes next is those people will eventually grow out of that. They'll become sort of you know older people, right? Yes. <laughs> people yeah. age so you know what what is the platform going to be when these people grow up yeah I, I don't know it's it's a bit for me tiktok is a little bit like snapchat yes in the fact that it's you know younger demographic which i respect because there is still massive masses of markets for that but it's it's when we start to mature and don't get me wrong comedy is great and we can still have fun and do skits and this and the other but when we start to mature are we going to be on tiktok and snapchat to make our buying decisions exactly and that's kind of i mean i'm looking and, and this probably is i'm probably looking at this far too cynically on a commercial level because it's what i do for a living as it is what you do so i'm instantly looking at thinking how can i get value from that as a brand rather than oh i'm just an individual that maybe likes to play on tiktok but the, you know look at facebook Look how how long Facebook has been going for now. And, you know, whether we like it or not, people are still on Facebook. People are still, you know, making huge buying decisions through Facebook and through yep. Facebook advertising. That's why it works. I, I agree. I probably buy something through Facebook or Instagram every week. Yeah, hands down, hands down. And like I said, I think that's probably the where I'm at. And going back to the question of, what are you curious about? That's what's in my head at the moment. That is that that is the one thing that I'm thinking is, okay, what is next? What, what is going to be the next Instagram? Because when we talk about social media now, and we use that as a kind of like a blanket term for all the platforms, typically we're, we are referencing Instagram most of the time. Yeah. Um, what's the next one? Because there is room for another one. I do believe that. I believe that there's, you know, it is time for something to come along and, you know, to kind of disrupt the market again, because all social media platforms do when they come. Look, you know, look at what Snapchat did when they came along and then Instagram tried to buy it, yep. failed, and then thought, you know what, we'll just make our own version. <laughs> just rip them off. <laughs> and, and, now, you know, and now Instagram stories, uh, you know, in terms of content is more consumed than good content, which was Instagram's yeah. original, you know, USP. Yeah. So something is going to come along. And hey, it might be that TikTok you know, kickstarts and, and ignites the fire of another uh, platform that's out there like Instagram or like Twitter. So they take off again, you know, that gives them another resurgence. I'm just very curious as to where it's all going. And I, and I always am, but I think particularly at the minute, because of this huge, huge growth of TikTok, where is social media going? What is the next big thing? Okay. Really personal, private question now. Yes. When and where is the next holiday? And there's a reason behind this. Okay. Because last time you went on holiday, you recommended a book to me called um, Being Creative, and it's on yes. my desk. So, uh, so it goes hand in hand. When's the next holiday, and what are you reading at the moment? Okay, that's 
So I was reading that book when I was on my last holiday. I was actually in Marmarez in Turkey at the time, yeah. last summer. Um, See, I and told that, you I stalked you. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that book is fantastic. I, I'll be honest with you, in terms of reading books, I'm absolutely a nightmare for buying a book and getting to like maybe two thirds of the way through it and not seeing it through. Don't know why. It's a habit that I need to change. But well, that is one of that is one of the are. books that I have read all the way through and loved it. You'll you'll any any creative out there, any anybody that's working in you know social or marketing or just you know is a creative type themselves. Listen, read that book because it is really really powerful. I took some really good messages from that. Um, going back to your question though, what is my next trip planned? That's a really good question. I don't have anything in the pipeline. There's a few things that I'm actually looking at at the minute. One of them could be Bilbao, which I'm looking forward to potentially. Right. Um, but I would probably say the next time I jump on a plane will be probably with work when we do yeah. our weekender events with Boulder Skins. So we're probably heading to New York next. So that'll probably yeah. be the next time I'm on the um, on the plane. And then in terms of books that I'm reading at the minute, again, it's a really good question because, like I said, I've got that many that I need to actually finish off. <laughs> I I have a book that's right in front of me. I'm just going to pick this up because it's the first one that I can see, which is the latest one. My mum bought me this book for Christmas. Okay. It's, it's a very popular one yep. that I've heard of many, many times from different people. The Power of Now. Have you read it? Yep. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah? Worth yep. the read? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got to the point where I've actually got it on audiobook as well. Oh, amazing. Um, so, and I tend to do that with quite, with my favourite books. Um, so I've got hardback, um, paperback, and happen to have as he's staring at me right now um and but the audiobook is good his voice is um, you can you can you can just literally lose yourself in his voice wow well i like the idea of the audiobook i need because i'm, I'm i like to listen rather than yeah. this is why podcasts i think are incredible by the way yeah um, and it's something actually we've not even spoken about in terms of just the power of podcasts we've kind of sidestepped it as well you're launching your own aren't you i believe yes i am i'm very excited hopefully next week it's going live cool. which i'm very very hyped about so yeah once that's live, I will send you a link and you can have a look. That'd be cool. um, have a listen, should I say. But yeah, podcasts, I think, are great. And I think obviously audiobooks come in line with, with that sort of world. And I think that they're a great way of consuming content when you're maybe on the go or you're a little bit too busy to be actually sat there reading. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the book that I'm going to be tackling next, The Power of Now. So um, I'm just looking at it now. It is, what is it, about... It's about 200 pages long, so I probably would say I'll get to about 150 and then put it down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'm a, I am a stereotypical 1970s, 1980s bloke when it comes to books. Because what happens is I'll start reading, and if it's like, oh, I want to start something else, I will literally put that by the toilet. Yeah. And then I'll pick it up for 20 minutes on the loo. <laughs> it's just, and, and to be honest, I think that I love books. I think, you know, they're an amazing gift to give to somebody. They're a great thing to buy and invest in. I'm just that bad at allocating time to reading them. It's untrue. And it's something that I really, to be honest, in terms of needing to work on things personally, that's one thing that I really wish I was better at was actually saying, do you know what? Everything else needs to be left alone you need to spend some time and read that book. So that's yeah. something that I maybe need to work on actually this year. Actually, I think it was, was it Robin? I was on a podcast with Robin a couple of weeks ago and she said to me about um, reading 10 pages a day. I'm sure yeah. it was Robin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Robin preaches that to me all the time. Yep. All so, the time. She drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, if you're listening, I love you really. <laughs> so mate, before we wind this up, um, 
Is there anything that I haven't asked you, but you were expecting or I should have asked you? Is there anything you've asked me? To be honest, I I came into this. I, I said, uh, me and Steve had a conversation beforehand and said, I said, look, this is your podcast. This is your show. I'll sort of abide by the rules, if you will, or is there anything that you want me to, to say or do or avoid? And you literally just said to me, do what you need to do. So I'm very, I was very open-minded as to what you're asking me. Um, and hopefully, you know, people have listened and took some some words of wisdom and thought that that could be of interest and they can apply that to to, to their lives or their business. Um, you know, and if there is anything that people want to discuss further, then obviously drop they can drop you a message and, and communicate that with you. We share very similar values or, you know, more than happy to, to further develop that with them if they want to speak to me directly. But I like the idea of just giving back to people. And I, I, would, I would love to know that people have listened to this for however long this is going to be and thought, you know what, that was that was a really good piece of content that I can take away and sort of learn from. Brilliant, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've been really, really excited about it. So where can everyone find you socially, social media handles? Where are you hanging out most? Um, they can find me. They can. I won't give my address out because. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Robin did. She told us she was in Deansgate. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm I'm in Manchester. That's all I'm giving away. But the the best way they can find I'm all over on social. So my handle on pretty much everything is Jack A.H. Dyson. Otherwise, people call it Jacka Dyson. That's not the case. A-H is my, my middle name, Alexander Harris. So they can find me on there. Um, and yeah, if they are into training, they can probably see me in Barry's boot camp in Manchester most nights at 6.40. Brilliant, mate. It's been absolutely fantastic. And as we just touched on Manchester, I'm originally from Manchester. Um, I know you're from, um, is it Clitheroe specifically? Clitheroe. Or, I'm actually, yeah. I'm originally from Accrington. Yeah, well, my sister lives in Accrington. Oh, oh that's a shame for her. <laughs> I know, bless her. But she's there all her life. It's been unreal. But um, so when, when I, I think I heard that on Robin's podcast, I was like, this is, this is a, this, there's too many things linking us here. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, Accrington is is is, is my, my hometown. I yes. lived there up until the age of 40. I have some very fond memories there. And then I moved over to Clitheroe. But I've lived in Manchester now for the last sort of six months, and it's it's been a great a great move for me over here. It's a great city. So if anybody is is thinking of visiting or you know hasn't been before, then I would highly recommend you jump on a train or jump in a car and check it out because there's a lot of fun things happening in the city at the minute. So for me, it's actually the capital of the UK. I'm not interested in anywhere else. I mean, it's the centre of the centre of the UK, isn't it? Essentially, yep. it's you know it's it's the hub that ties everybody together, whether anybody likes it or not. I know that. London is its own world and it, you know, it does, let's be honest, London does fuel the economy. But in terms of actually realness, I think, and authenticity, I think Manchester yeah. has a lot to be said, said for. So Absolutely. So on that question, I've got to ask, red or blue? Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a blue, but I'm not a City fan. I'm, I'm a Blackburn Rovers no, Rovers. Fan. I knew you were going to say Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a blue, but not the city. So I'm, you know, I don't like to talk about what's happening there at the minute. Not but if, to be honest, in terms of red or blue, I, I love, I love what City have done and what what they are doing. I think it's a fascinating business model, and I think, you know, as a as somebody that works in branding and marketing, I think it's very, very. You have to take your hat off to them to say, see what they've done. But in my heart of hearts, I'm probably a red if I had to pick one. Excellent. We're still friends. <laughs> mate it's been an absolute pleasure thank you ever so much for joining us and i'm sure that everyone's gonna get tons of value from it amazing steve thank you so much for having me on and uh good luck with the rest of the uh, with the podcast
Cheers. Thank you very much, mate. Take care now. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Well, what can I say to that? Jack is such an insightful guy, and I really do recommend you go and check him out. His Instagram is beautiful, and the words he puts with his content is is just, it's almost like poetry. Um, but what's really interesting is the way he shares his daily, um, just life really, he documents rather than creates through his Instagram stories. He's a guy worth following. And on that note, go and take action, review the podcast and take action on all of his advice. So my friends, remember to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your Instagram stories and your tweets at Mr. Steve Thompson. And don't forget to use the hashtag Tea with Steve. Also, let me know where you're tuning in from. We want to know how far across this planet we are impacting a billion lives. And let me know how this episode has had an impact on you. If you haven't already, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes because it really does help us to reach more people so we can help them build their heart brand and build the business of them. Enjoy the rest of your week. It is full of opportunities. Remember, be authentic, have an impact and continue to grow. Take care, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode.